This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter at Burns23. Follow at your own risk. And joining me as always is my big brother, the historian, Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? Oh, you got, you got, oh, I'm big brother now. Okay. Cause, cause you typically got jokes about my height. Whoa. And so, and so you know, it's nice to hear you acknowledge. Wow. <laughs> It's not awkward at all. It's frosty, man. Winter is coming, bro. It's crazy. But how are you doing, man? Man, it's good, man. Uh, you know, basking H- in the glow of LDR. HR officials got us recording. You know, I did go. two two workshops and seminars there, but we still on the mic. But, but because it. we love the people, we love the culture. So one of the things that came out of the LDR, we did a crossover episode with our lovely sisters from Truth Table, who are amazing. And amazing. so. We did this crossover episode and it was a live Q&A, a lot of people in the room, lots of energy. And the first question that came up- (laughs) The first question, yes. Was a very interesting question. I think it's a question that's very relevant to us because if you notice in the audio and in kind of the responses, I didn't say anything. So Mm -hmm. let's get into Mm -hmm. what this question is. And this question was, is there something intrinsic within reform theology as we know it, which- we can press into what that actually is and what that means that actually restricts the diversity that does reform theology have an ethnic problem and is it something that you know maybe not even that directly can black people be reformed yeah like truly reformed mm. is there a welcoming is there an embrace and so this is interesting and personal for me because i don't come from a reformed context <laughs> and so Having discovered Reformed theology later in my life and not now figuring out it wasn't really Reformed theology I was discovering because, you know, it wasn't fully covenantal in a lot of the ways, whether it's Paedo-Baptist and, you know, there are certain things that were parameters and benchmarks for classic Reformed theology that I never met at any point in time. So now I'm asking the question, like, was I ever really Reformed? And in in concert with, I think, a lot of Black brothers and sisters what does this mean? Like, are we really reformed and can we be reformed? And what does that truly, does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think our personal stories always tie into this about how we came to know about this thing called reformed theology, which is so complex, right? Because we always talk about the fact that if these truths are simply biblical truths, then there are black people throughout history who have been Christians who believe the same things, but they didn't have the same labels or categories, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in a sense, it's it's not even a discovery. It's stuff we've always believed. Hmm. But there's still an element of this is a theological framework that has a system, labels, you know, those kinds of things. Th- I think there is something, a more formalized, articulated uh, 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 system of theology that we call Reformed that folks discover. And usually with black people, you stumble into it, right? Like. Right. And what it does, I think for a lot of folks I've talked to and for myself, it wasn't necessarily discovering something new. It was having a name for it now. 
You know? Okay, so unpack that. Unpack that. Because when you say di- not discovering something new, so unpack that a little bit for me. So we even talked about it in the episode is, is Reformed Theology Indigenous to Black Christianity. So what do you mean when you say we're, we're discovering the same thing just with categories? Because right. I'm, I, don't, I don't identify with that per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. So help me understand what that actually means. Because are we, so you're saying we discovered particular redemption and, you know, total depravity, which makes a little bit more sense and irresistible grace. Which, well, you know, so help me understand how does this, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too narrowly now. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking soteriologically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, are we, are we discovering Presbyterianism or something? How, how's that work? Right. Um, I think some of this, it, it does touch on some of the stuff you named, right? So, so something simple like creation, fall, redemption, consummation, you know, that's in the Bible. Absolutely. All over the place. I didn't have words for it. Now, I don't know if that's because of the tra- tradition I grew up in, mm-hmm. or I was a baby Christian, and I just right. didn't know. But the first place I came upon it was Reformed theology. Another example is just like systematic theology in general, mm-hmm. the way they sort of um, uh, put biblical truths into categories right. that you can treat distinctly, like soteriology and eschatology and, right. and whatnot. And so it was a it was a formalized system um, that I'm talking about is is a system that was written um, that uh, that that has a a an intellectual genealogy sure um, and so it, it was those labels and tulip you know shorthand for for mm-hmm. these these kinds of beliefs about salvation and whatnot right right so that and then and then more to the point I'm confessional presbyter or confessional reformed person right. and so the Westminster larger and shorter catechism mm-hmm. which is extremely codified and 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 sure you know well just detailed in terms of articulation right right and so those kinds of things is what I'm talking about right absolutely and so I want to make it clear that I'm not saying I I decidedly disagree with that and I decidedly push back you know it's more so questioning because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we're coming to. So let let's just say this: when I think of black theology, or when I think of theology that was practiced in black contexts, <laughs> how does this? How does it mirror? Why aren't we coming up with the same categories? Hmm. And if if it's the formalization that is the attraction, is the formalization biblical or man made? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or is it, or is it a situation where, okay, well, this is just because, see, what I'm hearing is there's a connection between the man-made formalization and biblical fidelity, like it is biblical, the formalized is biblical. But what I'm saying is, why aren't we coming up with this? Mm-hmm. Why, aren't, why isn't the black church coming up with this? Why aren't black churches mass Presbyterian? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the? And you might be able to speak to the historical context, but what's the disconnect between this formalized to to that? Mm-hmm. And and why are they two separate things? Why does it look like we worship in um in two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like two different styles. Yeah. And why is this so fluent? Why why is like reformed theology so fluent in racial bias? <laughs> like why is there it so it is. why is it so why, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to figure out, I'm just trying to figure out we got receipts. So explain to me, you know, even the people who taught, even the people who were taught black people who were taught reformed theology we're learning from slave masters, you know, Absalom Jones, learning from slave. It's like, okay, well, how are we so fluent in this if what you told me and what you said to the group 
was man, the, there's already equipment in the, the catechism to speak to supremacy. Who using it? Why, why are we not using it? These are just things that mm-hmm. rattle around in mm-hmm. my mind. There's a bunch of different responses, I think. I mean, I think one- I know I asked like eight different questions. All theology is contextual. Mm-hmm. So when the black church gets hold of the Bible because of the the context that most black people are in, in America in particular, they're going to come to the Bible with different questions, mm. seeking different answers, which doesn't mean there's a different truth. No, no, absolutely not. In a Definitely not location. a different gospel or that's anything right. like that. That's right. But I always got to qualify that. No, right? that's no, that's very <laughs> important. I thank you for doing that because I, I'm not saying we're worshiping different gods and we have a different gospel, but I'm saying that the expression of absolutely. the truth yeah. just looks so- This is why they predominantly white folks- uh, institutions, churches that are reformed don't even realize what their own teachings do to refute racism and ethnocentrism Hmm. because they've never deployed it that way. And so I think what happens when black folks get a hold of it, they go, okay, this is, this, this, this is straight, but you, you didn't, you didn't apply it to our situation. Uh, You didn't apply it to our context. That's helpful. And when you do that, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. And so part of it is sort of, um, kind of using someone else's words to convict them right mm-hmm. like no this is what you say you believe and then right. what i did say on the on the right. crossover i love podcast, that i love that turn of dr king right I love that so yeah, that's when, very good in very the helpful. civil rights movement dr king would always quote the founding documents the constitution mm-hmm. the 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 uh bill of rights uh declaration of independence uh we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, when you say all men, who do you mean? But see, that's the interesting thing is those documents were never for us. They weren't, but that doesn't mean they can't be. Right. So that's that's like when you when you make that analogy, I'm like, okay, so is is it like that to where they're thinking of a certain group of people who will contextually fit into this theological system? I think so. So what I'm saying is, how can we be black? How can we take that if that's the intent? I think they didn't know what they were getting into. Got you. Okay. <laughs> I think they didn't Not know helpful. the power and the potency of the truth. Now, but to your point, all theology is contextual. So, so theology that came out of the black church has been applied and, and directed in a certain way because of their context in the same way. Reformed theology, which has mm-hmm. come out of white Western European context, has been applied and directed in a certain way. Right. So I think there right. is a, I think there is a strong bias toward uh, heavily weighting kind of the intellectual and the oh, yeah, epistemological. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, very cognitive, and 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 because of that, there is a devaluing and undervaluing of um, lived theology. Yeah, the fluidity of what we see within the African American context. The fluidity to acknowledge, you know, systemic injustice and oppression and to find an analog in the prophets, you know, and to find, you know, to use Amos where in that same speech, Dr. King uses Amos, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. talks about, let you know, justice roll down. Right. And so he's he's drawing these lines. And so I think there's that fluidity that there's that call and response. There's that. So what I'm saying is, is it just not for us primarily? And so does it make more sense for us? Not to try to squeeze in into that context and try to make it for us or, you know, wherever the truth leads us, wherever the mm-hmm. scriptures mm-hmm. lead us. Because he, here's here's what I'm thinking. Okay. You know, just, just what I'm thinking. Okay. Just throw it out. I'm just thinking out there. <laughs> if you say, 
this is another thing. It is a faithful biblical system. Okay, amen. We want to do that. Who judges what is most faithful? By what grid and by what criteria do we establish what is most faithful? Right. And typically what that's been is an, a general suspicion of black leaning any sort of anything theological to be an overinflation of social and contextual issues superimposing itself over the like superseding the gospel. Right. You know, which is funny because like race seems to be the only social issue you can talk too much about. <laughs> say that, say that. Right. Like, no, I've never heard a pastor say, you know what? You should like chill with that human trafficking talk. You remember the gospel. Yeah, I've just, I've just never, I've never heard. You should chill on the abortion thing because you know what? The gospel. I just have never heard that. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, okay, so it seems like there is this idea that any sort of, of black contextualization is seen with suspicion Mm -hmm. because I've personally been called a false prophet and a heretic for talking about that recently. So I'm like, wow, is is it foolhardy for me to take a label y'all don't want me to have clearly if I take the label and then contextualize it? Right. Or if I do, not saying you're going to kick me out of the faith, but you're going to stiff arm me from the fellowship. (laughs) So what's good? What's good, Jamar? Jamar Tisby. Help me understand. <laughs> Pulling your Kanye out. <laughs> House, wait. How? Um, you ain't got the answer. <laughs> but you have been doing the education, though. So this is truth, man. Come on. I mean, it's valid, right? If if, if it was never created with you in mind, can it ever accommodate you? Um, this See, this is my question, Jamar. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Don't think I haven't asked myself. <laughs> um, but it's like, okay, so... This is not a perfect analogy because Reformed theology is not in any way the Bible. Sure, absolutely. But I'm wondering, are there parallels when people say that Christianity is the white man's religion because mm-hmm. they learned it from slaveholders and racists? Right. Therefore, right. because it was never preached with your full dignity and humanity in mind, it was preached for, for paternalistic reasons, sure. to keep you under control. Because of that, is there any place in the Bible or the faith for black people because some people argue no right right now see so for me in that particular context i say we see the overwhelming reality that the bible is not written from a western lens right so we see the overwhelming reality of color within the bible as kind of a primary framework and primary view so we're lots of people who are either oppressed in slavery, you know, subjugated in some way, shape, or form, marginalized, even if it's the prophets, even if they're the predominant context, still message marginalized, right? Yeah. So it's written from a lens that is not Euro. And so from that, it's it's different to me than a, a framework that was primarily Euro. So the lens of the Bible is not your, so we have to correctly say, hey, no, this is the actual origin of what we're talking about. Not written from a Western lens, not written for Americans, you know, per se. It's the global body. Mm-hmm. So, but what I'm hearing from the analog is the analog is intrinsically Euro. But see, this is the thing. Like, if, why aren't we coming up with these categories? Like, that's just what I'm, I'm like, man, why are well, we, I mean, you know, are, are we, because this is the, this is the push pull we had in the indigenous conversation. Are we really coming up with these categories or is sovereignty a thing? Because I think sovereignty is wholly biblical, but I don't think it belongs to reform theology. No. Yeah. You're right. 
I don't think y'all got copyright on it. No. You know? So that's what I'm saying. Well, you know. I mean, I think it's, I think it's. This is a very unfiltered podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple things, right? Like, one, I would have to ask, okay, yes, Reformed theology did come out of a Western European, sure, m- more modern construct as opposed to the millennia of history of Judaism, Christianity, right? Uh, but, but what in particular, like, would you have a problem with in terms of reformed theology right. as you understood it? Right. Well, like so, which teachings, you know? So here's, here's how I've interpreted it. I've interpreted that the teachings aren't necessarily wrong in certain aspects, but it seems like I don't see how they're uniquely biblical versus a black expression mm-hmm. without the category. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, when people say, well, you know, like take a look at things like um, even our sister, Kimini, she, she mentioned a common grace, you know, right? Well, I, I don't think the black church has ever had an issue with sacred and secular. So I'm like, well, you know, I mean, we did, we in there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I think she comes from, a, from even a background probably where she's probably have more affiliation with like a black denomination even mm-hmm. than I have, mm-hmm. you know, so she could probably speak into that more, but it's like, Hey man, well, I don't see there's any. So I'm like, why is it uniquely that we've sought out reformed theology to be a part of mm-hmm. if all these things were present or if the things were present without some of the categories and without some of the conclusions mm-hmm. that they say you have to believe to believe in reformed theology. I feel like the bars raised to meet a man-made system of, of belief and thinking mm-hmm. instead of to, properly apply scripture to our context right you know to where okay well well maybe you don't believe in all of you know maybe you don't baptize babies you know you know maybe you don't but that don't mean you're not but people say oh you're not Mm -hmm. you're not Mm -hmm. historically and it's like well man you you cut out a lot of people that look like me yeah so i'm trying to figure out like what's good well you know does it does it fit does it work if if it's inherently in you know exclusive I mean, like every belief system is going to be exclusive in, in some ways, right? And I also don't think, like, if you if you're not reformed, you don't claim the label. The people don't claim you. So what? I right. mean, it, it, I'm not sitting here claiming that reformed theology is the only biblical theological system right, at all. Right, right. I think I think what is appealing about it for minorities is the categories because it helps you deploy it. Uh, effectively in some ways right do we do we need categories to deploy i don't never i don't i don't don't think not not in a salvific sense and and not in an ethical sense i don't even think in a functional sense and i think some people who have the categories don't deploy it well exactly (laughs) but then i mean i still i don't know like what specific no i'm not saying well then again that doesn't that doesn't negate the truth of the system right that's what i'm saying that's not now this is not what i'm saying i'm not saying if you're black and reformed you're you're an oxymoron you know like i'm not saying you can't do that right right you know what i'm saying <laughs> like i'm not saying that's like a self-defeating proposition uh-huh. like, that's not what i'm talking about if you're black praise god like i'm not i'm not debating that. i'm just saying within the theology I, I itself think, i think what's happening is we're coming to reform theology with our fullness with mm. our black church tradition with our lived experience and we're seeing that you know i can take this stuff that these western european you know, white men came up with, see the value in it insofar as it is derived from scripture. It'll be truthful and applicable. But when I come at it from my perspective and my context, 
it gets it gets utilized in a totally different way. Well, yeah. So here's another thing that I'm I'm always curious about. Do you trust our tradition as much that's as right. you trust the the formal that, categorization? That's key. That's key. And so that's if you look at our tradition with suspicion inherently and entrust a formal categorization because it's a formal categorization without putting it under rigorous testing. Well, then I'm questioning, okay, well, this is, that's a cultural imposition. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> that's right. nothing but a cultural imposition. And you get, you get cage stage reformed blacks who, for various oh. reasons, like. Just, Gregory Tyler Burns was one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just like, you just, you look down on the black church. You think, well, why didn't they teach me this stuff? Exactly. Why, you know. Man, they, y'all just up in here, man. Y'all should believe in the regulative principle, man. Yeah, y'all should just. Yeah. I think, you know, that's a, that's a real danger. And so let, let me let me say this because I think there's part of this that I'm having we're having to work through yeah. you know as we go. Yeah. Because I feel the extreme shame of having done that to my context. Sure. Right? Without properly investigating the richness of the context. Yep. And so I would hope that the people who do, you know, who are black and reformed and who proudly would say that, praise God for you. Um, you know, I don't believe you're not a brother, not a sister. We're, we're going to be in heaven worshiping the Lord together. Praise God. Like your co-labor in the gospel. But at the same time, I hope you would study yes. the tradition. Yes. And not submit it to the white lens. Mm. Right. But just appreciate the tradition for what it is mm-hmm. and recognize that there are tons of churches that have been faithful, tons of pastors, men and women of God who have been faithful. Without the categories we have. Sure. And who haven't believed the same things. Yeah. And some who have disagreed, but not been less faithful, Mm. not been loose living, Mm. (laughs) you know, with all the integrity and biblical fidelity have come and landed in a different spot. And can we respect that they're not heterodox because they don't believe in a formal categorization? And there is something about doing these formal categories that makes it easier to. Right say people get it right or get it wrong in an unbiblical sense. That's good. Right? That's helpful. It, That's there's, helpful. There's something about putting it in these formalized categories that means that that, that that creates a litmus test of whether you checked every box that I do. And then if you don't, well, you, you ain't in the kingdom, or at least you ain't in the kingdom like I'm in the kingdom. Right, right. right. And so that is a reality. And we actually haven't even really discussed the, the sort of in-your-face aspect of Reformed theology, which is the culture that goes with it. You know what I mean? It's just like right. You got, but you guys did that so well. Like I think, I think even what what you guys said on the panel with reform theology versus reform culture, and how they're so closely intertwined yes. that it appears as though there's there's a fatal flaw. Yeah. In the theological system in and of itself. Right. You know. Right. That's, I think you guys handled that so well. You know, but it is it is a huge question. Like what? It is a huge question, and it's why it's why you we we ask can black people be reformed right. because even not looking at the teachings on paper. If you walk into a church that calls itself reformed, most likely it's going to be predominantly white, if not all white, mm-hmm. or it's going to be, and or it's going to be part of a den- denomination that's, that got the same demographics. It's going to come from a particular culture mm-hmm. uh, that is, you know, uh, at least middle class. It's educated. It's it's dominated by men. Right. All of these things, right? Yeah. So how do we? What happened? And how do you how do you assess what happened without? intrinsically dehumanizing African-Americans. And that's where 
actual life together comes like you're in a congregation and can you work these things out and i'll be honest with you i think there's some really unhealthy environments for minorities and other people of color Um, and and man like i even said on the on the podcast in the crossover listen you're not gonna go to a predominantly black denomination or any sort of other denomination and escape this cultural imposition yeah like it yeah, exists everywhere right so we're not saying it's intrinsic to just people who believe in reformed theology sure but we are saying that you know i'm trying to figure out especially for those of us who have claimed that mm-hmm. uh, what does this mean for us and have we put it under rigorous testing you know yeah you know? yeah no these are good questions and uh and i think what i'm trying what i'm laboring to do is address the flip side of all of this and not just yeah. hmm. is there Explain a space that. is there a space in reformed theology for black people but what does the black church have that we need yes what does it bring to the That's table good. what can That's we continue good. to learn from the black church tradition how is the black church tradition semper reformanda right huh. always reforming always uh, increasingly trying to purify the church. And, and How is it a witness? It. How is it a witness? You know, and so that's the question that intrigues me because I know how a theological system like Reformed theology chews black people up and spits them out culturally, right? Like, even if we're just not talking about the teachings on paper, it is very hard to go into a tradition that for hundreds of years has been white and yeah. then try to be your whole self, because what I don't want to try to convey is that blackness is all that matters. And I evaluate no, no, a, no, no. a system according to how it absolutely interacts or treats yeah. my blackness, blackness alone. But that is a thing. Right. That's a reality. Right? right. You know what I'm That's saying? Good. That's so. Good. Um, yeah. But on the flip side of that. Right. Like there has to be whether you call yourself reformed or not, a, a respect for the black church to learn from her, to want Please. her good. Yeah, and that's what I think. What we're trying to to move toward yeah. more intentionally is to mine those too. riches. Man, it's a journey for us, right? A journey to reclaim a tradition, and this is the beauty I think of the Black Church. Is people have asked, "Oh, well, if I didn't grow up in this, are you saying I'm not part of the tradition?" This is the beauty of it. The Black Church serves anyone who is willing to listen. Mm. <laughs> Like anybody who is willing to listen is served by the church. Anyone who appreciates what God has done is served like by the truth, by, you know, so many different things. And so I, I, I think people sometimes feel the, uh, just the self-consciousness. Like, well, can I go back and can I, can I appreciate now? Cause I didn't grow up there. And it's like, listen, like I think there are so many truths. Mm. that still yet remain to be mined. Yeah. And there are so many pastors that are all ears, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, man, we appreciate what you're doing. Like, I hear what you're doing. We appreciate it. I would love to learn more about the history of your church. Where did it come from? Like, how did you survive in the Southern context in 1920 when right. you were founded? How did right. that happen for right. you? Do you know about that? Uh-huh. You know, and I think there are many pastors and many churches and many communities within the black church context that are so open to that. Look at, you know, Mother Emanuel. Yeah, man. It's first you thing invite, I thought of. You invite Dylan Roof in and sit with him and have a full Bible study and and engage him and love him. A black church will accept any and then turn around and forgive him. Uh. 
except anybody who will listen. Right. You right. know. So I think that's a a beautiful thing that we would never forget that. Yeah, and 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 I love. I mean, asking the black church, black Christians, right, black congregations, how they've maneuvered in life, particularly in America, right? There's so much value to that. There's so much wisdom that can be gleaned. I mean, I'm incredibly intrigued by how churches and clergy in particular discipled their people in terms of faith and politics. Yes, yes. Because there was, like you said, there's never this big sacred secular divide. And uh, there was always a sense because of the context where political decisions made a massive impact on whether you could vote, <laughs> whether you were free, <laughs> yeah. uh, whether you were three-fifths of a person or full person. You know, all right. of these things had like existential ramifications. And so it would have been – the, the, the remarkable thing wasn't that clergy addressed politics. The remarkable thing would have been if they didn't address it. Wow. In the black context. Yep. Yep. And that's totally opposite in these, you know, predominantly white evangelical reform deals. Right. Um, in, in, in theory, because (laughs) they definitely still got involved in politics. But, you know, just to ask those questions humbly of black Christians and the black church tradition. And I think we're going to find incredible gems that help us even today. Treasure chest, man. Yo, thank you for listening to this man and thank you for letting me ask these questions bro like i really oh yeah no i really appreciate it we can't cover it in just one podcast but i really appreciate you allowing me to be the voice of maybe some people who are <laughs> who are listening um and i'll just say if you're looking at reformed theology proceed with care but you know proceed absolutely you it's know? been incredibly influential in my personal discipleship and growth of you know loving god and you know, understanding the scriptures and yeah. discipling faithfully. And, but thank y'all for listening. And joining me as always is my big brother, Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? I just say big brother. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> big brother. That's what y'all get. what you get, Bo. Okay? You know, I ain't gonna be professional. Official. I ain't gonna be professional if you got me recording. <laughs> and Bo is laughing because he's gonna do something with that. Pick it, pick brother. <laughs> here we go. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com/ct.